This is Inside with Outsiders. I'm Jeremy Gary, and today's guest is a very good friend of mine, Darnell Bernard. Welcome. What's up, Jay? <laughs> and I, I have to say, you're probably one of the more interesting people I've had on here, only because I don't know enough about you, but what I see about you is really... Uh, I can't fascinating. I can't figure you out. Um, I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> I'm a mystery, but not really. Well, we got plenty of time to talk about it. Oh boy. Um, oh God. Don't okay. be nervous. We're good. Okay. I'm a little We're nervous. Good. It's weird. You're I'm a confident me person. Nervous. Yeah, that I'm beautiful a nervous. skin complexion and all that. Are you flirting? Uh, I thought we agreed. I only do that off camera. Off Sorry. Camera. Off camera does. <laughs> uh, where are you from? I'm from Brooklyn. Well, part of Brooklyn. Crown Heights. And you rep Crown Heights, you're born and raised? Born and raised in Crown Heights. Really? Yeah. And what's your, that's a Caribbean neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. So what's your background? My mother is Grenadian. I keep looking at the camera, talking to the audience. I'm a little <laughs> nervous, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I got to be honest. I'm just going to throw it out there. If I move around a lot, I'm, I'm pretty nervous. I'm a confident bitch, but yeah. like one-on-one -on -one interviews sometimes freaks me out. I don't I, know why. It's all good, I'm man. like so aware of everything. What's yeah. funny, because you, you kind of, you're, you're all about, uh, do you talk much on your social media? I do. Yeah, so yeah, you I'm have in like control of that. You know what I mean? I know what I'm directing myself, so I know oh, what I'm see. saying. I get to also delete and then create a new video if I, you know, if right. I choose to. But, but I think you do a good job of like being authentic and like, you know, I think it's important for people like you with that many followers and obviously you're you you could be good representation for many demographics to make yourself vulnerable and talk about your story. Like I think there's a lot of importance for you to do that, and maybe shouldn't feel like it's your responsibility per se, but I a part think, of me does. Like, uh, no. Well, I mean, I, I think yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But I think it's something you should dive into because a lot of people, what you're feeling for sure, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, you're not that unique, right? <laughs> what you're feeling is not solely to you, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but you have a platform. What do you mean I'm not that unique? Hold on. That's a why. By the way, I just want to say, I just want to say. He just said I'm not that unique. <laughs> I, well, I want to say, I met Darnell. You know what? We're done. <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs> I'll explain what I meant by that in a second. Yeah, but what I, I do want to say is when I first met what you. What time is it? I'm going to give you one second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I first met you, this guy, his name, he introduced himself as Lord Glam. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I see why. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's still You're serious. fiery. I wanted to. What I meant to say about you being not that unique and nobody's that unique, right? No one any hardships you're feeling are not only unique to you, right? Yeah. There's millions of people feeling hardships or, or feelings that you are you share or, or insecurities and so on. So I say that because sometimes we don't voice it because we feel like we might be the only one to single out and point it at like you're the outcast. But the truth yeah. of the matter is when you're able to share those with other people, you, I guess you, you make people feel accepted because they see that they're not the only ones feeling that way. So if you share and when you share, uh, I hope you feel confident do in doing so. I do. I'm, I'm, I've opened up publicly like about my past and I'm not ashamed of I was there was a period where I would like tell someone like I live in foster care and, and then I'll say don't tell anyone that but now mm -hmm. I'm older now I'm 30 I'm about to be 33 I've had so much success and from that I think it's because I've had so much trauma in my life so I've learned how to grow from I learned how to accept my past and I've also grown because of the trauma that I faced does, right. does that make does that make sense it makes and sense I, yeah. but also think about it like it wouldn't you necessarily be here if you hadn't faced that. You'd yeah. be someone else. Right. So in a way, we all have traumas, right? And yeah. we have to thank our thank them in a way, almost like releasing them, right. the, the, the holding on to that, because it brought us where we are. Right. I mean, I'm happy where I am. You know, I like what I've achieved, and I, I'm happy for where you are for yeah. you. Thank you, Papa. And I hope I hope you're I hope you're happy for yourself. I'm very as well. happy for myself. Yeah. So what was it like growing up in Crown Heights? It was it was interesting. Um, so my mother's Grenadian and Caribbean, well, Indian. Um, my biological father, he's Jamaican, but he was never in my life. Mm -hmm. So I was raised in Brooklyn by my single mother, who at the time didn't have, she's an immigrant, she didn't have a green card. So I saw the struggle that she faced a lot and her, her will to just keep going and going and going. Um, however, we reached a, a moment in our, you know, during our timeline where we just didn't see eye to eye. How old were you then? I was about 14 when oh, I came out. Oh, teenage years? Yeah, yeah I was okay. 14 when I came out. And then she probably will disagree with this. And it's something that if you were to post this, she would be, she, and she saw it, she would be annoyed um, because we're in a better place. But how I interpret it, when I came out, she stopped being a mom. And like she stopped taking care of me in the way that a mother should. And I get it as an adult now looking back. I mean... I don't support it, but I understand. She was conditioned through her Caribbean background, not to generalize all Caribbeans, but through her Caribbean background, 
a certain opinion about homos- about gay men and gay women are the LGBT plus blah, blah, blah community, um, which was like deep rooted in her Roman Catholic religion, blah, blah, blah. So when I came out, she didn't know how to handle that, you know, and it affected our relationship. Um, and that's that's it's very deep rooted in Caribbean culture. But has have you seen any change in the culture? I mean, guys, you live here, mm-hmm. but you're in touch with uh, people of that culture. Do you see a change in that uh, in that culture being more accepting of LGBTQ plus? I don't know for like in Grenada or in Jamaica. I can't speak because I haven't been there in, in years. Right. But from what I see on social media and how people are seemingly more accepting now. Um, like in Crown Heights or in Flatbush, um, yeah, it seems like they're more accepting because of social media as well. What's interesting is uh, uh, you're f- I'm sure you're a fan of Bujibantan on some level, right, musically, but he Absolutely. had a song that was very uh, anti-gay. And what's interesting is uh, I saw articles about it having been, he removed it from all the platforms and I checked, he removed it from all the streaming platforms. I respect that. It was, it was great. He talks about how he was young. He doesn't want to promote that and so on. And right. I wonder if it was a PR move or if he truly felt that way. And hopefully he truly felt that way. I feel but like he truly really felt that way. But, I feel but. like when you, like my mother now, like she, not that she was ever homophobic, at least I don't think, but like she was conditioned to believe a certain type of, some a, a certain type of thing. You know what I mean? And right. I think through life experiences, you can change your opinion, you know? And mm-hmm. once you surround yourself with people that are different from you, and you understand that, Everyone comes from different walks. Yeah. Everyone's also the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, t- you turn you turn a different cheek. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, you turn a different cheek. <laughs> What's, um, that's kind of one of the reasons I love, I love nightlife, right? Because there's a lot of, you know, certain scenes, a lot of misfits come out and, and looking for acceptance and find each other. No. Uh, I love the diversity in the nightlife I was in. You know, that's how I met you, how I met a lot of interesting people. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. And I love how. I was 18 years old, guys. I can't <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, I was sneaking you into clubs, right? Into clubs. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I would dress like over the top. Just so I you would dress, dress yeah, over, the over the top? You still I mean, do. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, I dressed like really over the top. <laughs> like crazy. I remember my Lord Glam and I wore this like Russian big crazy yeah. fur hat. Oh, yeah, I forgot about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it was like my signature look and like yeah. crazy big skirts and... I look like a Viking on steroids. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but you were unique in that realm. Yeah. You're like it was, it was just Viking interesting. With glitter. Just yeah. <laughs> when did you start? Like, okay, you're 18 there, so that's four mm-hmm. years after you came out. Mm-hmm. When did you felt start feeling more comfortable in your skin? Like, so your childhood, uh, prior to you coming out, everything was good with you and your mom, more or less. For the most part, I feel like she. Honestly, my like I had really good memories of my mom from the age of two, as, as far as I can remember, to the age of ten. But also during that period, she was dating this guy who was my stepfather and father. He, he raised me. That's the only male figure that I knew at that time. Like I said, my biological father was never in my life. So and still never in your life. He, I chose to just disengage. Like okay. he would come in and out. I remember he gave me like this polo vest, this yellow polo vest that can probably fit me now. Um, yeah. yeah, I was like 10 years old and I thought it was like, oh, my dad bought me a gift, but it was a fucking hand-me-down. Um, am I allowed to curse? Mm-hmm. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everything over the yeah, top. He was right. I mean, you got me on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he gave me this, whatever, he gave me this yellow polo vest that, like I said, could fit me now. He was never also in my life. Like, when I lived in foster care, he never showed up as a dad. He didn't take on the responsibility to, like, yo, let me take care of you, son. Never show me how it is to be a man. You know what I mean? Like, When did you go to foster care? I was 16. It okay, was a so week after my 16th birthday. Two years after you come out, mm-hmm. why did you go to foster care? My mother and I weren't really getting along. We weren't getting along at all. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was the best decision, looking back, for the both of us. Right. Like, yeah. And where'd you go from, like... So uh, explain that because you know people might not a, know. Yeah, it's like, it's Many a, people don't know that experience. Yeah, it's it, to be honest, it's a as sad as it is as it was. It was also one of the most beautiful experiences I could have encountered in my life because it taught me so many life lessons that I carry on to this day. How I ended up in foster care. Um, my mother and I weren't seeing eye to eye, and uh, she filed a pins petition against me to like like take me to court to say like look I. I can't raise my son. I need your help, the government, to raise him. Okay. Um, 
I also agreed because I didn't want to stay in that house. Um, she's right. She couldn't raise me. I was being disobedient because I felt like she didn't love me, you know? Yeah. So we were just playing this game of tug of war and none of us were winning. Um, the system had to take over, you know? I would hang out at Christopher Street. If you ever see Paris is Burning, that was like a similar at that time. Like that was towards the end of like where a lot of the queer community would hang out in Vogue and build like houses, you know, not houses literally, but like you have like Vogue houses and mm -hmm. like someone will take you under as their mom or dad. Mm -hmm. um, so someone, when I was hanging out in that community, suggested that I go to Rodney Street, which was an LGBTQ plus group home. Um, fast forward, <laughs> when I went to court, and the judge was like, hey, we're going to take you away from your mom. I suggested going to Rodney Street. And thank God they had a bed available because, yeah, and they, they got me in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you feel once you got there? Um, was, it, was it the relief or were there also things you didn't expect that were, were negative as well? A bit of both. Yeah, a bit of both. It was sad because there was so many. It was like 12 of us and, and this house. I also was happy that I can like live my life and like finally be true to who I was. Like I remember I was, I like wore short, short shorts. I dyed my hair, yeah. got my nose pierced. Um, this is a clip on by the way. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got my nose pierced and I got a keyboard, so I had to take it out, so now I wear clip-ons. But like I did things that allowed me to feel free and comfortable in my skin and there was no judgment from home, from like right. the group homes, because everyone, there was like trans folks there and just so many just different people, you know yeah. what I mean? And we all bound, bonded because we were all on this journey of like figuring out who the fuck we were. Right. Our gayness, our queerness at the same time, you know? Um, so where did your life go from, so 16, you spent, I'm guessing two years there? Because no, I lived in foster care from the age of 16 to 21. And even after I aged out, like when I knew you, um, yeah. when I met you, I was still living in foster really? care. Really? Yeah. I just played it like I didn't. Yeah. So how was, uh, how's that work when you're, when you're an adult? An adult? Um, so, by law, you are allowed to stay. I don't know if it changed, but you stay in foster care up until the age of 21. But they set you up, and this is kind of fucked. Um, I remember when I first entered foster care, you get like a counselor, and they're like pretty much prepping you for the rest of your life. Like They're like, hey, after you age out at the age of 21, we can set you up with like government assistance. And you kind of become reliant, especially if you don't have a parent, but you become reliant on the system to take care of you forever. There's not, in my opinion, there's not a lot of push to be like, yo, don't, don't end up on food stamps. Don't, you know, and I'm not knocking anyone that feels comfortable living that life. I just wasn't that bitch. You know what I mean? Like, right. I was like, I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to continue my life becoming So there's a no of infrastructure my, to help you assimilate to getting a job, getting. There, there is. There is. There is. Okay. There is. But there's also more of like, hey, we're just going to give you this like this voucher a month or right. here's some food stamps a month. And if you're already going through so much, you don't have your parents in your life, or if you do, but your, your relationship is a little off, the system automatically kind of becomes your parents. You know what I mean? At mm. least for me, at least, yeah. you know, it becomes your What's parents. What's your crutch? It becomes your crutch. Yeah, yeah. So you become reliant and depression is real. So you're like, yeah. you probably don't even realize you're so depressed and you just become reliant on the government. Um, and that's what happened to me for a little bit. After I aged out at 21, I lived in a subsidized apartment. <clears throat> but I also knew that, no, I got to get out of here. This is not the life that I want to live. You so know? when did you, I mean, it seems like you always knew that. But when mm -hmm. did you make the move to actually get out and take the steps towards the life you wanted? I think when I was 18, to be honest. Like, although from 18 to 21, I was still living in foster care. Yeah. At the age of 18, I got a job at Abercrombie and & Fitch. And it's okay. kind of how I went out and, and then got introduced to nightlife. And yeah. I saw, like oh shit, I can have fun and like right. be around these beautiful people and I have, I could be a model. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was like, I was, I was given a By lot. By the way, uh, this is the face, first male face of L'Oreal, right? Mm -hmm. First, how would you describe it? First, uh, first male L'Oreal. I was the first representative for L'Oreal. First representative for L'Oreal. Yeah, yeah, so like, the first face of L'Oreal that wasn't mm -hmm. female, right? Yeah, okay. female. that didn't invite us female, yeah. Right, exactly, okay, that's, yeah. that's crazy. I How'd know. you land that? Like, I know, how old were you when you landed that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he's humble too. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. I'm, I'm playing. saying, I'm not like, how'd you land it? Cause you're a face, I'm saying, how'd you land that? Cause obviously you need to have a resource, connections, you need to be discovered. Through, like through a friend of mine. Okay. Um, it's kind of a long story. I talk a lot, so at any moment, please interrupt. Um, I, I, I will. Okay. <laughs> um, my best friend, Mark, who's no longer with us, um, his 
ex-boyfriend Nick works for L'Oreal, like on an advertisement um, side. And one day I was over at their house when they lived together. And right before we went out, I was like, oh shit, I gotta be, I gotta be apply some makeup. And he goes, what makeup do you use? And I was like, L'Oreal. And he goes, Darnell, I was literally about to ask you if you wanted to like come to a casting to be like the first face, the first male representative for yeah. L'Oreal. And I was like, shut up. No lie, six years before he, he asked me this, there was a commercial for Beyonce doing the same thing, yeah. Tree Match campaign. And 33 is my favorite number. It's like what I pray to is my God, blah, blah, blah. Um, it said 33, 33 shades or something like that. And I remember feeling I was like, what if I was the first male representative for L'Oreal? Swear to God. And really? I like walked around my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I walked around my apartment and like was like kind of doing a mantra. Like, what if I was the first male representative? I lit some sage, I'm not lying. And then six years later, that happened. So you manifested it. Kind of manifested it. But you work towards it as well. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a thing where people say, just manifest it. Like, you can't manifest nah, it. You, gotta, you have it. to manifest for real. You have to mm-hmm. come up with the idea. Mm-hmm. But then you gotta figure out how am I gonna get there. You gotta do the you gotta do the work. I exactly. went to the casting, I made sure that they found that fell in love with me. Yeah. You know, of course. You laid on the charm I thing. Laid on the, laid on the charm. <laughs> I thought about what I was gonna say before I said okay. it. I practiced you came prepared. In the mirror. Yeah, I practiced in the mirror and I knew that there was one line that I came up with. True match adds love to the love I already have in my skin. Say it again. True match adds love to the love I already have in my skin. True match is the name of the foundation. Okay, understand. Yeah, yeah. And I knew that that was probably a good like yeah. Marketing slogan, and yeah. they ran with that. So, like, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, that's what they you, use. You have, yeah. you, have you ever considered working in the marketing agency for well, that? Now I do. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So, how old were you when you got this gig with L'Oreal? 25. So, in between then, in between Abercrombie and Fitch mm-hmm. and getting there, mm-hmm. that's a that's an important uh, event in your life. Mm-hmm. What happened? Oh God, I don't know. There's so much. I've lived uh, well, so many like, lives. Uh, yeah. You know, you went from Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you eventually you you at 18, right? 18. So between 18 and 21, what did you facilitate in order to get out of the the home? I didn't. I ended up aging out in foster care. Oh, so you had to leave. Mm-hmm. So where did you go when you left? So they, I became reliant on the government. <laughs> um, they had they set me up with a subsidized apartment building. So it was like an elevated project, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And where um, was that? On, in the East Village. I'm not okay. going to say where. It's just in, it's still yeah, it's fine, it's so fine. to protect the people who, their privacy. Mm-hmm. But it's in the East Village. It's fabulous. Not a bad location. It's not a bad location. Yeah. And like, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And where were you working at the time? What were you doing with yourself? I wasn't working for a while. And then I got a job. Like one of the, I guess, caseworkers or social workers who, who worked on that prop in that property, she gave me a newspaper article, a legit newspaper article of a this like career wanting ad or, or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Almost um, for the nomad. That's and funny. I was gonna bring yeah, the yeah. nomad up because that's the job I remember you having. Yeah. And I I walk in there sometimes. I go to library. Yo, was like you know took time uh-huh. walk me to the back and all that stuff. But um, I remember, I remember you working there and and like running the show. Yeah. You know that changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I ended up getting out of like of that out of the system. Right, it gave me the funds to do so. Okay, yeah. So that was the that that was the break that got that you. That was out. The, honestly the break. That job changed my life. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was a very. That was, it was part of the, in the restaurant. It was a one a Michelin star restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, four star hotel, right? Five star. Five star hotel. Excuse yeah. me. Or it was. They don't exist anymore. No, it's called the Ned now. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I haven't been, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I just ha- I like I have a soft spot. No offense to the net, but I have a soft spot for the nomad. Oh, so do yeah. I. I think I think it yeah. folded during the pandemic. Right? Yeah, it did. Um, so what was it about that job? Like you, I remember, listen, I remember walking in. You mm-hmm. were a guest services. I was a. I started off as a bellman, and right. then I got promoted to director of guest relations. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and I appreciate that yeah. because you used to send people to my parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, and I really appreciate that because you know at the time like. As a promoter, you gotta get, find many ways to get people out, mm-hmm. and tourists are great uh, customers because yeah. they just want to go out and have a good time. So I appreciate you always looking out and doing yeah. that. I love you. You're like an older brother. Love you too, my brother. <laughs> older brother. <laughs> <laughs> you got that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, respect your elders. <laughs> oh, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so once once you left the Nomad, obviously it presented a, a platform for you to kind of mm-hmm. make a name for yourself, grow your network, and you were doing so already in nightlife. When I was taking you out to parties, everyone wanted who you were. You were well dressed. Mm-hmm. You can dance. 
uh, a bunch oh, of stuff. Oh, he's gonna fix it. A rare appearance by Bams, <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Ramos. <laughs> I know he edits it too, so he'll never oh, be right. put himself on camera. Um, Come on. Oh, yeah. He was, he was yeah, the first few episodes. At least for this episode. <laughs> Yay! Here he comes. Damn, he's going to put this in the reel. He gets a reel, too. <laughs> Adorable. <He did> it. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Vans. We wanted, our ratings are going to go up because of that. Um, so, I presented you a platform. You all, obviously, everyone wanted to get to know you because you you're you're a magnetic personality you're dressed in a way that when you walk into the studio two people stop and just want to know who you were right um but i believe it's more than just your 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 look it's more than just your outfit i mean seriously even for like new york standards he does stand out like it's hard to stand out in new york it really is but but i think it's also the thank you for that but it it is hard to stand out in new york but he put he puts it together right i mean it's not just like it's not like there's people that stand out because they look like a mess, right? You put <laughs> things together that no one would ever normally think they put together, but it looks great. Thank you. Um, which is why you've probably been on all these like style Instagram po- uh, accounts, which yeah. is one you've been on like every day. Yeah, watching New York. Yeah, watching That New also York. changed my life as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's I don't want to jump ahead, but I do want to talk about that and this. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's go. So, Nomad changed your life. Um, mm-hmm. What did you, between after the Nomad, what would you do? And like, what were you doing? What did that lead to? What other opportunities did you have? I remember you did a music video where you were dressed in le- red latex or something like that. It was visually, I mean, it was crazy. It was, it was a crazy, crazy yeah. it, was it was visually, the, same guy the aesthetics who, were incredible. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was the same guy who casted me for L'Oreal. He left the agency, the ad agency that he was working with, and he wanted to start doing film. Right. And he had this beautiful idea and he wanted me as the talent, and that was honestly one of the best projects I've ever worked on. It was Where was it aired? Where was it posted? Because like it should have gone, it gone viral, or it whatever. It should have. Yeah. I mean, you should repost that now. Someone just told me that. Yeah. Someone literally just because it to was me. The, the the setting, the old church, the yeah, white yeah, church, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then obviously I'm not gonna you guys are gonna watch it, but yeah. like you're dancing all of a sudden I'll it goes it. down. And it becomes you yeah. Need to. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Actually, I'll repost it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You should. Yeah. Um, so. <sighs> All right, tell me more about from Nomad to whatever was next. Like, what else? Other, what other moments should we, you share with us? Because you have an interesting life. I'm open to. You can ask me any question. Seriously. Um, so during Nomad, I they flew me out to LA to open up their second property called the Line Hotel. This is like three years into my or two years into my time working at the Nomad. I went there, trained the staff. The GM of the hotel offered me a position as a hotel manager. That's right. Um, you lived in a, oh, my LA for a while. Yeah. So I came back to New York, and right before I came back to New York, and only stayed here for a month, and then right before I left, I'm talking to both of you. Sorry, there's someone over there. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Where? <laughs> uh, right before I left, I met my, I met this guy. Um, we'll call him, whatever. I met I met this guy, and we had like this one month affair like love affair. I moved to LA and then he would, he called me and like we would FaceTime. Did FaceTime exist at that time? Yeah, it did. It did. It was like 2003. 2013. 13, yeah. yeah, 13. Um, Skype. Skype? I maybe, think it, might have, been, it Skype. might have been Skype. Yeah, yeah. might have been Skype. Yeah. Maybe actually. Damn, I'm old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what an ass. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, this was a mistake. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so I met this dude, and then we fell in love like within six or five months of me being in L.A., and I came back to New York, to be honest, for him. Okay. Yeah. Were you happy in L.A.? Let's say. I was. Let's say. Okay. I was going to say. You would have stayed mm-hmm. had it not been for My okay. life in L.A., the people that I met in L.A., in nightlife, I would have been really famous by now. Yeah, like really famous if I stayed in LA. Uh, tell us why. Like, who, who was it that you met? So that, met who else did they know? Yeah, these dudes called the Houston Brothers. They're these twin, half Korean, half white dudes who like run LA scene. Like, they run LA scene. They have this like club called, one of their clubs is called No Vacancy. So you go through, let me, let me give y'all a little, a little rundown. So you go through like this empty parking lot, and at the end of it, have you been to No Vacancy? Yeah. Oh, so you know. Do I need yeah. to describe it? 
Uh, if you want, go ahead. No, they don't know. Yeah. Okay. So you go down this like empty parking lot, and at the end, are you, you see like the sign and the on light that says no vacancy flashing. But my experience has always been like this really heavy set like Hispanic bouncer and like the scrawny little gothic like white guy with a clipboard <laughs> holding like a guest list. But everyone essentially gets in. Um, once you go in, you go up two flights of stairs, and there's like a corridor with four doors. So you have to guess which door to go through. When you enter, when you find the door, you, there's like, from my experience, there's always been like this really beautiful, pale, like she's like vampire-ish, like red, um, red-headed white woman with lace lingerie on and what seemingly feels like her bedroom. And she says, welcome to no vacancy. <laughs> there's no flash photography and blah, 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 and goes through the spiel. And then she presses the button and then the bed slides, and you go underneath her to what feels like a New Orleans-style home, mm. where like on the porch there's a live jazz band playing music, and then what would be the kitchen? That's where the bar is set up. Would it be the dining room? There's a DJ booth, and it just is so properly, it's so well curated, yeah. and like it's such a good time. So these dudes, I would hang out with all the time, and like they took me under their wing. They wanted me to work for them at one point, and they have all these clubs, you know, all these people, and my life in LA was like. Fun. That's what I love to yeah. do. I love to go out. I love to meet new people. And they knew the right people. And I wasn't hanging out with them because of that, but it just so happened that they were great. And also, it was I was meeting also interesting people as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you, so but but you you gave that up for someone you were in love with. You came back <laughs> like a dumb bitch. Uh, <laughs> and you know, high size twenty twenty, yeah. right? So you wouldn't know then, but now yeah. you know. Yeah. So so what happened with this uh, this guy you met? Um, to be honest, so came back, we immediately moved in together, um, after just knowing each other for about six months, um, we were in love, we were young, uh, I ended up leaving the Nomad to start a business with someone that I did not know like that, and that relationship with this dude, I don't want to say anything about him, but it kind of fucked me over, so I ended up jobless for about two years, my ex, he does well for himself and at the time I didn't realize it but like his money was his money and I put a lot of pressure on him to take care of me and he did at first like he was like often like yo I'll, t- I'll help you out until you find a job but it was really hard for me to find a job that I know that I could you know I didn't want to work at a fucking to be honest and this is no offense to anyone who does but I didn't want to work at McDonald's or any, you know like my background I feel like I worked really hard as a black man to get to become a GM at a hotel, director of guest relations, like, I didn't want to go backwards, and I was waiting for the right opportunity, but it was at his expense. Um, so he ended up presenting me. Mm. And, like, I see that now, you know what I mean? He was, yeah. he was enemy, and it put a, a major strain in our relationship. But when we decided to break up, it was honestly, although it was super painful for, like, a year, and I battled for, like, suicide, because not because of it. Excuse me. <laughs> I burped. <laughs> <laughs> But all of, and like, it was like, that was like the cherry on top. <laughs> that relationship helped me grow and like look further into myself and deal with a lot of my past traumas and pain. And I was able to do some real like soul searching. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know I, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've spoken to you a few times and you were in like dark places and you have dealt with mental health issues and depression no. and so on. What usually helps you get out of those situations? I think now talking about it. Mm-hmm. And like to have a have a really tight group of friends, well, my chosen family, and I'm very vocal about how I feel. I love that you say chosen family because mm-hmm. I like to say that about the community I built with outsiders, especially my staff and uh, my close friends, right? Because you, you you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends, which end up being your chosen family. Right. Um, I like to use that word. Yeah, you're my chosen family. Yeah, yeah. you're my chosen family yeah. too. I mean, you've yeah. been on outsiders where you came with me to scout. Mm-hmm. Uh, hikes with uh, B and Babak. Oh, B, yeah, I love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, you, you, you came and scouted the Mount Menzi yeah. hike. The four, that's become a staple hike of ours. Mm. It's our winter hike, the one that we do every year uh, yeah. because it stays green all year round. And you came to scout yeah. it for the first time. Yeah, you got to look with me a couple of times because I kept thinking there was going to be a bear. <laughs> <laughs> That would pop out. Listen, I'm not a nature bitch. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't like He's looking for other kind of bears. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> You wave at Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you cut to you giving me a hug. <laughs> hilarious. Um, <laughs> you ever consider com- comedy? Because you're hilarious. Probably. I'm sure. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
All right. So uh, you, what was the job you got after when you moved back and you finally found a job? Where did you work? Oh, from wait, L.A. or from? from when you moved back from L.A., yeah. They hired me back at the Nomad. And that's, that's when I got right. the director of a gas relations gig. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward some more. What, what Were there any life events that, that you think changed you between then and, and where did you go after that? There's a lot. I'm trying to remember it. I mean, mostly in hospitality, right? Mostly in hospitality. And yeah. what did you do outside of hospitality? Any more modeling? Modeling, yeah, yeah. yeah. Modeling, modeling. And recently more modeling now. Nice. Yeah. It's weird because I'm getting older. I'm like, I wouldn't think that in my 30s that I would be booking. Fine wine, my friend. <laughs> Fine wine. Fine you wine. Know, honestly, that. we've been seeing, well, um, there was, uh, I can't remember her name. The Raven. Lady. Raven. Dude, she's been modeling. Like, I see she's been doing a ton of crap lately. It's insane. Mm. Yeah, Raven. she's uh, she's. 43, I believe, oh. and uh, or 44 now, um, and she's mm. been, we talked a lot about her uh, and her career modeling, mm-hmm. now she's gotten older, she's just had to pivot different ways, but it's she's still a full-time model. No, oh. um, Gorgeous yeah. woman, but like, you know, there's beautiful people out there that are younger, but, you know, she's making it work. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah. So let's talk about your mm. next steps. I mean, how recent was this, and was there anything before that that I'm skipping? Um, I worked in the restaurant industry for a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how did this come up? Um, no, so, so let's talk about this. This is uh, Sunboy. This is Sun- and you're a partner at Sunboy, right? I'm a partner in Sunboy. That's uh, right. Yeah. I, I and what is it? Tell owner. people because they can't really read it from here. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the first spiked coconut water um, okay. in a can. Cause I'm a, still there's I grew up I grew up drinking coconut water <laughs> and like cracking it a little bit in the Caribbean. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Add some rum in it. Blah blah blah. Pineapple juice, whatever you whatever you like. But this is a um, gluten free, vegan, all natural product um, made here in New York with a lot of love. Five percent alcohol for those who like to drink. And our model is just staying hydrated while getting boozy. And right. We technically can't say that is a better for you. Like it's a healthier product, but it's it is a better for you. Better product. than uh, way better than our competitors. The competitors being uh, like a white claw. Or a oh tree. yeah, okay, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Well, remember, all right. So if you stay hydrated, hydrated while you're drinking, it's like there's real no hangover. Yeah, prevents yeah. hangover. Technically and legally, I cannot. Well, say the electrolytes it. will do that. Well, yeah. yeah, we know legally you can't, can, but we're yeah. not bound by that. So exactly. we'll tell them okay. no hangover. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, well, we've talked a lot about a lot. What elements in your life, do you, or what do you tie your identity to? Like, what defines you? Like, if, if you were to describe yourself, because you're a dancer, you're a model, you're you've obviously done everything in hospitality. Uh, what's up? Oh, this this what this Instagram account? What is this? Because uh, it looks like you're being yeah paparazzi following you. Yeah, that's a I know better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, <laughs> but what is it like? How, explain more because that's gotten you a lot of popularity. I did. Actually, he, he did. Um, there's an account called Watching New York, and he has like close to, if not a million followers now on Instagram, really? and on TikTok. Yeah. Oh. And I met him going on three years ago now. What's the premise of this Instagram account? Uh, life, like a street style blog. Um, but he, after. Fa- uh, street fashion, you're saying? Fashion. Okay. Yeah. Bill Cunningham passed away. I think that, that was his. Um, I know that that was his niche mm-hmm. like taking photographs of like stylish people wait seriously wait it, it's bill cunningham wait, not bill cunningham um bill I but i know he did you talk about the street photographer who yeah, just yeah. did fa- i know who you're talking about yeah. he was like always a well-dressed yeah, dude what's his name carried Please, a Leica. yeah don't um, don't 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 fuck me up over here <laughs> <Fuck me. laughs> <laughs> i cannot google it is, his last name yeah. is cunningham it's cunningham right yeah. yeah and he's like that he like he shot like new york times would post and stuff like he always like went to yeah no i was right it's bill cunningham yeah you can add that these photos look incredible. Yeah. They look like paparazzi following you on. They look styled. Obviously, you're styling yourself, but like mm. they're well shot. How did you dis- how did he discover you? Just walking on the street. How did you make mm. friends? I should say. Walking on the street a couple of times, he's taking multiple photos, and then yeah. we just became friends. And then he did this, and at the time he had like sixty, probably thousand followers on TikTok or Instagram. Um, but he did this like montage of my different looks, and that went viral. And I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And it gained him more popularity and myself as well. And we just work really, really well together. Like, mm-hmm. I don't ask for anything. He doesn't ask me for anything. We just, we became really good friends. I'm friends with his family now. Um, 
Yeah, he just a really good. Just some, like a random yeah. street encounter. Yeah, and now he's like, he's a cho- he's like chosen family. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. There you we, go. we work well together, and we both, I think, we benefit from each other. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm his muse, and like, yeah, and he, Um. So what I asked before, after I, I went off, I went off in that tangent was, uh, what elements of your life define you? What? Mm. And it's a, it's an odd question. So first, I'm asking this question. I like the question, but I'm not sure if it's too vague. But like I said, you're a dancer, you're a model. Um, that doesn't define me, though. Those are just right. Yeah. So what what do you what defines you? I think my past, like my story, that's mm-hmm. what defines me in a, in a way. Me living in foster care, that was a part. That's that's something that I've that I've owned. You know what I yeah. mean? The fact that I survived that, I came out of that. And would you ever consider mentoring kids in? Uh, I thought about it, but I do too much drugs and drink a lot to do that right now. Really? To be honest with you, yeah, I don't and think that would be a best men, a mentor for right. mentees. Yeah. Now. Do you, it's, it's an interesting, I appreciate you being honest with us, but like, is that something you see yourself stopping anytime soon? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm just, like, I'm just partying, like having fun, right. socially, you know? Yeah. yeah. But is that something you feel like uh, you use to get by as a crutch at oh, all, no, self-medicating? No, no. Like you can go Probably a whole, drinking. Drinking us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably drinking, but mm-hmm. not to self-medicate. I think it just comes with the territory of, well, you were, you were really good at not... Whenever I hung out with you, also you you drive. Um, I don't always drive. Huh? I don't always drive, but I'm not a big drinker. You're not a big drinker. Whenever I would go out with you, you didn't you didn't drink, and I respect that. Well, for me, I'm I guess I'm a weirdo in a sense, but I don't need it as a social lubricant. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I don't uh, I don't have a problem being social sober. Yeah, Uh, it can be quite funny sometimes being in a club and seeing people regress because when you're drinking, you almost Mm -hmm. like regress to childhood behaviors and seeing people who I know are amazing professional lives mm-hmm. uh, uh, overachievers and then they're drinking and, and like they become children yeah. right so not that's that's not why I was drinking but certain observations I found when I was sober in an environment where everyone's drunk yeah. um, but funny enough like I don't think I've ever seen you out of control no one has no no I know to handle my shit okay yeah that's something that I yeah I know how to do very well. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. good. You hide it very well. I hide it very well. Um, what do you do for fun? I feel like I feel like you're you're. Are we gonna date? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to go for like long walks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay for you, bro. <laughs> I got you. Wait, what uh, do you do for fun? I mean, uh, obviously, with mm-hmm. you know both with our career paths and so on, a lot of our work is fun, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you do for fun when it's like you could turn off and just do it for you, nothing that has to require networking or whatever? Depends on my mood. But yeah. what I love to do, and this is, <laughs> feels like I'm on a date now, but <laughs> I really mean this. That's, that's got to be a bad date if they're yeah. interview, giving you interview questions. I know. Well, you're, you're a terrible date that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, no second date. Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> 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 Please cut that. Out. Keep it. Keep it. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Man. Okay, no, yeah, I'm not cutting that out. Yeah, I'm getting no. all flustered. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like seriously listening to music and going by the water. Oh, you are big music. Actually, mm-hmm. I have to thank you right. so much. We used to drive. Yes. Music. When I so when I when I when I had my car, mm-hmm. you were, sorry. I was, you were there for me when me and my ex broke up. Yes, I was. You were there I for me. You a were lot. in bad shape. I was in a I bad shape. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. You I would pick me you up from work and we would drive around. Yeah. That's when we cried just now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember yeah. you saying, Tana, slow down. You're a very positive person, very outgoing. You give so much, right? Uh, I feel like, in some ways, I'm the same way. And I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So if I feel down, like people can see, like, you, you feel down. Hold on one second. Mike is downstairs, I think. Go to the next guy. Uh, uh, so when you're, when you feel down, when I feel down, people will notice it right away. They're yeah. like, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I, you know, I know I look, I don't look the same. I don't, yeah. I'm not acting the same, but don't ask me. Right, 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 <laughs> or, right. I appreciate you asking, but I don't want to talk about it right now. Right. But you were down and we used to drive around, uh, before I, I'd pick you up cause I knew I had to do a party that night. Right. And uh, you wanted to hang, and you wanted to like escape. Escape. That was probably one of the only times that I ever used alcohol as a crutch. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have to thank you that for for that. I mean, I, I you're welcome, and I, it was my pleasure to help you because I, I never want to see a friend of mine being sad and down like that. And I'm down to help anyone. Uh, 
But you also put me on some amazing music. One of my favorite artists to this day, you put me on to. Yes, Kitchenado. <laughs> I've seen him uh, twice perform. Amazing, but yeah. he's one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites, well, obviously. You know, and, yeah, yeah. and you put him, you, uh, you introduced me to Kitchenado yeah. and a bunch of other music. Yeah. He has this new mix. I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah see, he's still little sharing little music. Actually, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. One of my love languages, whether it be friends, girls, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is sharing music. Like yeah. I share music with my good friends. Same. I share music with like girls I'm I'm dating, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like, or guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wishful thinking, buddy. Okay. <laughs> uh, did you roofie me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my thing. Let me actually cut that out. <laughs> um, but no, for me, it's important because music's such a big part of my life, and I know you're a big music lover. Yeah, so, uh, so music is something you do, mm-hmm. uh, something that you pass your personal time with, yeah. right? Uh, anything else? Friends, my chosen family. So I have yeah. like, and you know one of them, Tata. Who? Tata. She's, I've known her since I was 18 years old. Hi. Yeah, we, have, we, have the, we have some guests. So you guys uh-huh. go on, come on in, sit back there. Uh, we have an audience now, a studio audience. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, Tom, who's that? Tata, I'll show you a photo. Okay. But her and like um, a couple of our other friends, those are, we just spend a lot of time together. So, yeah, chosen family and mm-hmm. so on, obviously a, a similar thread. Um, Let's go. Did you, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, we, I met her when we went to that spot in the West Village where I hit you up randomly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, where are you? And yeah, you told yeah. me you were the same place and literally you walk yeah. in right away. But you've known her. Yeah, no, I know her from, from before, before that. Before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even I, that like public, she would come with me when you... I remember yeah, that, yeah. 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 Um, all right, we're going to get into a few more questions. Okay. Uh, what are your goals and dreams in life? Do you know? Yeah. Let's hear them. Yeah, just to become really successful. Success is like... But what, what do you deem successful? Yeah, it's vague. It's a vague... To be really fucking rich. That's success to you. But rich in what ways? Monetarily rich or monetarily rich? rich. I want to take really? care of my friends, family, and that, that's for me. But you seem like you're happy. You've been happy when you were broke too. I, I am, but one of my goals in goals, life right. is to become success. Like to be very rich. That okay. is one of my goals. Gotcha. And I'm like I'm happy and content in my life right now. I have the best. So you have happiness, I've but had you want a lot of but happiness. Your goal is to be wealthy. Just beyond like wealth beyond wealth where i know okay. i can take care of my family i can open up schools i can open up a foster oh, care yeah. like i have this vision of like what i can do to give back to my community and myself and my friends so and also i like i like just want to be fucking rich yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? yeah. like oh yeah i could go on a flight tomorrow yeah. to prague yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i mean you can not have to worry about that you can do that i can now. do that but yeah. like if i wanted to be like yo, i'm out i know just to book a flight you know what i mean like yeah. i don't have it like that to so just do that no right. But you gotta work. <laughs> no, like um, wealth is something that I have as one of my goals. And, okay, and not and I guess it's as vain, you know. Well, beyond uh, beyond, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, financial security is very important. Mm-hmm. As everyone should strive for that because it relieves a lot of stress. Right. Beyond that, do you have any other goals? Yeah, I want children. Children. Okay. Yeah. Do you want yeah. a partner? Or you want to have children? I I don't know. I mean, I'm happy. To, I mean, there's single mothers doing it and raising amazing kids. Right. I feel like if. I would have, I would want to adopt because I've lived in foster care. So I would have, to, I feel like I, it's just something I have to do. But mm-hmm. I'm also a bit vain and I want a little girl or a beautiful black boy walking around with my cheekbones. You know? <laughs> 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 I gotta be honest. Uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Those are some nice cheekbones, by These the way. L'Oreal agrees. L'Oreal agrees. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Um, what's your favorite part of Outsiders? You haven't been mm-hmm. on Outsiders in a long time. Mm-hmm. You're overdue. I am. Uh, but what is your favorite part? I, I, it's funny because when you when you came, I think it was uh, when you were still having a hard time. Uh, no, Charlie, about the ex. And yeah. did, did did that make you feel better? Being Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It was you, and also being surrounded by you and Babak. Yeah. yeah, like he, both of you shared. Oh, I feel like I'm about to cry again. Let me take us. <laughs> Go to the alcohol mm-hmm. and numb the pain. As I said, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I do. Um, yeah, it helped. And like, although I'm not a wilderness type bitch, it, it made right. it made. But I, it felt good to be in like a nature and hiking. What swimming. I noticed was uh, the same thing I noticed about everyone's demeanor when they come out to nature. Even if you're mm-hmm. not a nature lover, which you're not necessarily, I guess you would identify as a nature lover, mm-hmm. but um, your demeanor changed. Yeah, completely. You became like, I think everybody becomes like a little bit more. It's nostalgic, right? Being out in nature, even if you didn't spend your childhood in nature. Yeah. You feel like a kid. You feel lighter, and, and you were like running around, joking around, mm-hmm. looking for bears. I was looking for bears. Uh, yeah. I was. I was. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, I went upstate recently with my girlfriend Priscilla, girlfriend yeah. Priscilla, just to make it clear, y'all. Um, by the way, in case you couldn't <laughs> tell yet, by his conversation, I mean, he's could, gay. Well, queer, you know, <laughs> like I've, I've had my fun. Yeah, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm open. Yeah. Okay. But more towards the men. But like, well, yeah, she's a, she's open. Yeah, you know, I do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't discriminate at all. I don't discriminate okay. at all. No, no, no. But everyone's at risk. At my preference. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's at risk. <laughs> Yeah, of your seduction. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she she has a house. She lives upstate, um, in Nallisburg, and it was such like I don't. She knows I hate being like in just like nature, like going. Well, there's a shit. difference between roughing it and then doing what outsiders does, right? So she yeah, she has like a hiking trail that's close to her, her house, and just experiencing that, it, yeah, it was I was like okay at first like ah, uh, but then once I'm in it, I'm like okay, damn. Like I can relax and this feels mm. great. Like I don't need a cigarette. Yeah, I don't need. You a still smoking? I still smoke. We have to stop that shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So, what is your most embarrassing moment? I know you gotta have a good embarrassing moment. I think I do. Yeah, I don't remember. I feel like you would have a great one. Yeah, I know. I'm like, did I ever shit on myself? No. We we have <laughs> we've had that as a story. People tell us yeah. with their most embarrassing moments. Actually, uh, one guy ran the marathon with uh, food poisoning and mm -hmm. it took him eight hours and 27 shits later. Well, yeah. Um, my most embarrassing moment. I don't know if I, I don't, I can't think of it off the top of my head. We can skip it if you can't think yeah, of it. Yeah, but, but I want to come back to it now. We like, can come I back know, to I'm it. I'm going to leave here and be like, oh, fuck. Um, is there... Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to share with the audience? Um, if I'm single, I'm very single. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're thirsty too. Uh, yeah, thirsty. <laughs> so I'm looking for someone to quench my thirst. Oh my God. <laughs> this is like your <laughs> back pages uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. um, all, right, all right, all right. So uh, the last series of questions are five rapid fire questions. Okay. okay? Um, you ready? I'm ready. Right. What's your favorite city other than New York City? Other than and anywhere in the world. Anywhere. Um, Venice. Venice. Yeah. yeah, I've never been to Venice. Yeah. Why is your favorite? The food is good. The people thought I was a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, really, I mean, it was just it was also the culture. Everything about right, it was right. just so beautiful. I love your the first canals. response better. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true, but that's partially. It's just a beautiful, beautiful. City. If you could choose any profession in the world other than what you do now, any mm -hmm. job or whatever, what would you do? Your dream job? Singer. Singer? Mm -hmm. you, can you sing at all? Yeah. You can. I'm not going to sing right now, though. I'm not going to ask you <laughs> to sing. Yeah, but I can. you can sing? Yeah. Would you ever consider, I mean, you're obviously a real creative person. Would you ever consider writing lyrics and singing? I did. Yeah, I have a song that's coming out soon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. I like your doer. There yeah. you go. You make it happen. Yeah, if I dig it, I'm like, I got to do it. You know what I mean? I got another question for you. What's your vice? Like what is my? But I can't remember. What vice, vice, vice. Like what's your weakness? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. 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 Um, and in a healthy way or just whatever. I think cigarettes would be my vice. It could be anything. Like yeah. Some people say yeah, cigarettes. Some people cigarettes. alcohol, drugs. Some people say food. Some but people say sweets. Some people say sex. Uh, pasta. Pasta. <laughs> yeah. You're like the third person to say pasta. Really? Yeah. I love pasta. I can really? eat pasta every day. So that's your vice. That's your go-to. Like that's my go-to. You can't knock it. I can never knock it. Okay. Hell no. Mm -mm. Uh, what is your greatest fear? Spiders and heights. Spiders and heights. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you brought us, I would like cry. I would punch you. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that type of person. Okay. There's yeah. one right there. With the <laughs> there was like a rat or a snake in like right here and like the tiniest fucking spider. I'm going to walk towards that snake. Really? <laughs> rat. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. They freak me out and heights just terrify me. Yeah. Like I cry on flights. On a flights, really? Yeah, I mean Those kind of heights? Yeah, like even in like, a plane. In a plane, yeah. Because then I think of myself like thirty-three thousand feet in the air, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm not in control. I'm not in control. I'm not in control. My life is in someone else's hands. So lack of control also is a fear. I guess so. Yeah. yeah, and like I start crying, and this, this is really embarrassing. But like, there's times where the flight attendant has to like come over to like calm me down because really, like, yeah, I'm so and I'm serious. assuming you fly, you've flown a good amount, flown a good amount. Yeah. But like, there's moments, especially if there's turbulence involved. Like, what, what do you do to calm down on a flight? Um, I don't take Xanax. People suggested that because I drink and I don't want to combine the both. I think it's smart, not a smart yeah, yeah. decision for me at least. Mm. Um, 
So I try, I try to do what I've learned from therapy yeah. <laughs> to like take deep breaths and do all that. But that shit don't fucking work. <laughs> it doesn't fucking work. It does work. It's just hard. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it does work. But then yeah. no, in the moment and the pain is shaking and yeah. people are baby crying. Yeah. No, it's not going <laughs> to fucking work. <laughs> no. uh, keep working at it. Okay. Okay. Uh, last question is what's your favorite food and what did you bring today? Oh, I did bring something actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bring it out. But my favorite food in general is a. Uh, Pasta and jerk chicken. I love jerk chicken. Okay. Yeah, I'm Caribbean. I'm yeah. Caribbean as fuck. What about oxtail? I don't eat. Uh, I growing up, I loved oxtail, but I don't eat chicken and fish now. Okay. Yeah. You know, gotcha. But yeah, I bought my favorite snack. Let's see it. Do we have a knife? Oh, wait, what do we need a knife for Doritos for? So <laughs> oh. I put lime on it. Wait, wait, wait. Speak to the mic because we can't hear you. So you put you put like, actual lime juice I put on lime Doritos? Doritos and then I in the bag in the bag and then shake really? it up with some tajin seasoning. I yeah, the tajin seasoning. Shake it up and it's like the best. Like really, yeah. One of the guys that we did interview with uh, his favorite food was takis. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, and I like imagine it's the same, it's the same thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, but then there's something about Cool Ranch that I just. I have to be honest. That's my favorite Doritos mm -hmm. as well, and it also for me it's nostalgic. I remember. I think I remember when it came out. Mm. I must have been 12, 13, and um, you know, it was like the new cool thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, we all were victims of marketing, so we all you know, believe the story, but it was great. For me, it's nostalgic. There you go. So you're gonna Let's see if I can do it. And if you can, it's all good. I got it. There you go. I got it. So what you're gonna do? Just open the bag. I forgot my seasoning though. The tajin, yeah. The lime will do. And you just pour it. When did you? How did you discover this snack? What made you put lime in a bag of Doritos? I have a. This is a vice. Lime. Really. I put lime on everything. Talk to the mic. I don't oh, sorry, I put lime on everything. This really? might be a vice of mine as well. Yeah. That's not a. That's. I guess it's a healthy vice. Yeah. I literally put like an except for like. So let, let, let me let's try let's try these yeah. Doritos. I want to see. Uh, I wash my hands. I have to see if they're gluten free first. Let me see some. Are you gluten free? Yeah, yeah. They're not gluten free. They're not. I don't Let's think see. they are. I mean, if they if they have, um, yeah, I can have it. Oh, they have milk in there too. This not yeah, 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 yeah. It's not dairy free. Yeah. I never read the ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, of mine is ingredients free. Doritos. It's all terrible. Yeah. But I'll let you describe it. <laughs> I didn't mean to buy this shit. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have it. I should have bought it. So how did you discover this uh, combination? I just like lime and I put lime on, on everything. Okay. And then the Tajin seasoning. I forgot it at home. Gotcha. Yeah. And just shake it. Nice. Shake. But you gotta gotta eat it right away because if you leave it out for like a good soggy, it gets soggy and that's uh. nasty as shit. And uh. Doritos <laughs> are good, but like a soggy Dorito, you don't want that. <laughs> nice. Well, we, I think we're about to wrap it up. Uh, is there anything? This has been a fun. Uh, I appreciate all the jabs you threw my way. <laughs> I love you. I'm your brother. Like yeah, we'll have you back on. You want to back on? I'm proud of anything you. Anything else you want to share? I just want to say I'm proud of you and thank I you for having me. It. Thank you as well, Chris, for having me on your show. This is this is this podcast. I like it. It's well, we're gonna have here. you back when you hit your, get your billions and uh, yeah. you can afford to buy Chris uh, more studio equipment and all that good stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, shout out uh, your Instagram handle. Slide in his DMs because he's single. Because I'm single. Don't really I'm single. I'm really single. I'm desperate. Thirsty. <laughs> don't be sending no pics. We don't need to see that right now. Oh, no, he's saying he's saying send oh, some pics. Don't send pics. no pics. I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm going to screenshot and send it to my friends. Right, <laughs> you no, no, I appreciate you. Yeah. Get you on the outsider soon. Yes. Darnell Bernard 33 on Instagram. Darnell Bernard 33. All right. Peace, guys. Well done. <laughs> <laughs>